0: Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brent. And this episode, we're discussing SST-132, the Screaming Trees LP, even if and especially when. We love the Screaming Trees on the show. It's our second Screaming Trees release, Brent. um, I I like this record a ton. Looking forward to uh, seeing what you picked out of it. Interesting, I must admit, listening to it this week, and also at the same time starting to read Lanigan's book. There's a part of me that wishes I hadn't started reading Lanigan's book, but we'll, we'll see where we go with that. Yeah, I'm done it. So. Okay, good. Well, I'm about a hundred pages in. He breezes right past the three SST
1: uh, albums in, you know, 20 pages. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk about any of the details of the recording sessions. No details, nothing. <laughs> the, And, unfortunately, he shits all over that era of the Trees, more or less.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know.
1: It's,
0: I I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I kind of felt like, I mean, when I was, the problem is, is it's a good read, but he doesn't need to be so
1: harsh for it to still be a good read, you know? Yeah, that's my, my, and most people, the Trees fans anyways, had a big issue with that. But overall, I really enjoyed the book, I have to be honest. Yeah, well so far it's great. I
0: just I just don't think it's necessary at all. It's even like more over the top than either of John Leiden's books. It's just too much sometimes. And it's over and over. Anyways, before we get into the trees here um in more
1: depth, do you have any spiels for the people? Uh you know I do, Ryan. I have the D section of my phone this week of (laughs) the D section (laughs) of get this shit off my phone. Also known as The D-Bag. Oh, God. All right. Strap yourself in. Here she comes. Okay. (laughs) And as always, Ryan... Oh, he's got his pen out. As always, you can comment. And I have some questions for you this week, too. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. Did you listen to those two Chemical People records yet, or what? No, not until I come back around to the C-section. Oh, geez. Okay. We're starting off with The Dwarves. I... Chose are the album are young and good looking. My go to Dwarves albums are Sugar Fix, Thank Heaven for Little Girls, the uh, the sub pop disc that has both those albums oh, on the one yeah. disc. That's my go to. I pretty much stopped around this era of the Dwarves, the are uh, young and good looking. You still keep up with them, hey? Like if the Dwarves put yep. out a new album, you would buy it.
0: I would. Yep. Yep. I still think that uh, Blag is a great songwriter. I uh, catchy catchy kind of pop tunes some they're definitely pretty lewd sometimes but they're catchy
1: i love them okay died pretty the great australian band i listened to their debut free dirt from 1986 love died pretty die 116 or 116 i'm not sure which i listened to an ep called the damage control ep not sure why this was on my phone maybe because it's something martin bc produced at bc studios It's killer, noisy punk rock. Almost reminded me of Tad a little bit. You might like that one. Yeah, Die 116? Yeah, Damage Control EP. Okay. Okay, moving on from, was it last week's episode? I think it was, Dinosaur Jr., Farm. We talked about it. I had to listen to it. I love that album. It's probably, well, it's one of my top three, for sure, favorite Dinosaur Jr. records from 2009. Wow, wow. they're like the meat puppets, man. They just keep getting better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure.
0: And I mean, we mentioned it on the You're Living All Over Me episode a couple episodes ago that that record they really, you know, hit the mark in terms of how Dinosaur Jr is going to sound for the remainder of its tenure and with the reformed band they're just so much more
1: amped up in terms of their playing the production the songwriting it's awesome yeah and also unrelated to the d-bag i also listened to jay Maskus and the fog more light which i actually had on good CD. right yeah it's really good actually yeah like, yeah man i'm gonna listen to it again okay dog-faced herman's hum of life 1993 great scottish post-punk band Got into, into them through their Alternative Tentacles albums, but this one, and all of them, are really good. Love Dogface Termins. You do too, I bet. I don't really know
0: them that well. I'm writing it down as a uh, part of my to-do list oh. now after You'll I listen em. to these segments.
1: <laughs> You'll love them, man. You'll love them. Degeneration. No Lunch. Do you know Degeneration? I don't. Okay, you really should check that out. It's glammy punk rock from New York City. Jesse Mallon, do you know him? I don't. Okay, well you should check him out too. He's got a bunch of cool solo records. This is the second of their four uh, releases and it's their absolute best. D just the letter D generation. No lunch. Do I need to check this out like I needed to check out Hanai Rocks? Dot dot you, dot. You'll like D Generation, man. You'll like this record. No lunch. See, see, when you say that, that to me tell that
0: tells me that you knew that I would not like Hanoi Rocks. Yet you gave it such a strong recommendation. You even compared them to the Clash. It's hair metal. Get it, over it. It is
1: not hair metal. It's hair metal. You're not listening to the to it properly. Okay, moving well, I'm on. I'm not listening to the. I'm not listening to the good Hanoi Rocks record. You're not listening to it with clearly with your ears switched on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, degeneration. Yep. Yeah. Okay, here's a perfect record, Ryan. The Dictators, Blood Brothers. I listened to it Agreed. Like Agreed. three or four times a year for many, yep. many years. Love them. I thought I had seen somewhere that they were reforming without Handsome Dick Manitoba, but then I was like, oh, I should write a little spiel about that, and I couldn't find anything about it. So Yeah, I, that would be weird. Maybe I didn't see that, but maybe I did. Every single song on that record is amazing, though. Okay, here's one maybe you recommended to me. I'm not sure why this ended up on my phone. Seems like something that might have come from you. Disasterati, Cerebral Hack Artist. You betcha I I recommended that to you a while back. Yeah, it's good. I know. Yep. Okay, Ducks Deluxe. Do you listen to them? I don't. Okay. I love them. I have all their records. I listen to their first two because they're on a double disc thing. The self-titled one from 74 and Taxi to the Terminal Zone came out a year later. Great British pub rock band. Dr. Feelgood gets all the love. And they deserve it, don't get me wrong. I could have had them in here too. I listen to Dr. Feelgood all the time. Ducks Deluxe should be talked about more than they are, for sure. Hmm. Great stuff. Okay, Ryan, here's a little teaser. Divine Horseman and Chris D, Time Stands Still. This is the the pre sst divine horseman you have to get the atavistic version of it though cuz it has killer versions of some divine horseman songs that we've talked about like my sin devil's river oh yeah
0: i've got that i've got that i wonder what i've got
1: that on that doesn't ring a bell i bet you i don't have that version yeah at any rate ryan eight more episodes and we're back into the divine horseman so i'm i'm getting primed sweet can't wait Okay, Drive By Truckers, the Unraveling, their new album from 2020. It's good. I'll always buy a new Truckers album. They're always worth checking out. It's nice and short, short compared to some of their other ones, which I just find way too long. It's good though.
0: Yeah, they were really prolific. Like in the what in the like 2000s, they put out a record every year and a half, and I
1: I couldn't keep up almost. Yeah. Some of their stuff is really good. I just couldn't keep up. Yeah. Okay, Deconstruction, self-titled album on American Recordings. This is Dave Navarro and Eric Avery's band after right. Jane's Addiction. Michael right. Murphy from Bug Lamp is actually the drummer in that band too. Okay, here's one for you, Ryan. Devo, Duty Now for the Future. Which <laughs> one's the which what's the best what's your go-to Devo record? That's that
0: might be it, but you know which one I love that doesn't get much love is i love the shout album they go full 80s synths on it
1: and i just rock out to that record shout i might have to check that one out it's not one i go back to
0: yeah it just does not get the love but it's got some amazing song it's like does it have the song good thing on it yeah no it doesn't have it doesn't have good thing on it but it's got the song shout but
1: the the best song on it is "Don't Rescue Me." But there's a ton of, of great songs on here. I love that Devo song "Good Thing" because it's at the beginning of my all time favorite movie, Thrashin', oh. where the Ramp locals are skating. No, this awesome. is like this
0: is like uh, probably around the Doctor Detroit time frame of Devo. Okay, that that terrible soundtrack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, De Kruzen Cement. People don't seem to like these later albums by De and the metal ones, as much. Dan's vocals aren't for everyone, uh, but I love it. It reminds me his vocals kind of remind me of that ba- great Vancouver band Invasives, Byron, from that band. Yeah, it's pretty high register singing. Hey. Yeah, I'm kind of getting into him right now. I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos on De Krutzen, so. Oh, interesting. Dri Four of a Kind. Thrash Zone Ryan will always be my go-to DRI album, just for nostalgia reasons. But I love them all, and this is the one that introduced me to them because of the Suit and Tie Guy video that I saw in Headbangers Ball way back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dave Cusworth, the world of Dave Cusworth. I've probably talked about my passion for Sud and Dave Cusworth, the Jacobites, his Dave solo stuff. Tender Hooks, Bounty Hunters. It's all killer. And this is a compilation that came out a year or two ago of kind of all of his different projects. It's really good. There's
0: um oh, gosh, what was the name of the band? Last week you recommended I check out a band, The Crybabies. And they hmm. kind of they kind of sounded uh Nikki Sudden, Dave Cusworth esque to me. And I, I dug them. That was a good recommend. For
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, Dave Cusworth has played with Daryl Bath. A lot. Who was in the Crybabies? So, there you go. Yeah, they were both in the band Dogs No More as well. Okay, Doom. Complicated Mind. This is not the UK crust band Doom. This is the Japanese uh, fusion prog jazz voivodesque esque band. Yes, oh. Ryan just Ryan just picked up his pen. Whoa. <laughs> Complicated think... Mind is the one I listen to. I'd be curious to see if you like Doom.
0: Hmm. What's and what's the name of the record? Complicated Mind?
1: Yeah, they have a number of they're a wild band. They like wear crazy makeup and stuff. Hmm. Okay, here's another one for you, Ryan, that you can you, I want you to chime in on. Doughboys Home Again, nineteen eighty nine oh. Restless Records. The great Montreal Come band. Come on. Is that is that a good Doughboys record to listen Home to? Home Again? Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh, I mean, Home Again might be Like the best 25 minutes of Canadian power pop punk put on a cassette tape, restless records uh, of all time. Like it's it's it just it's awesome. And in fact, there's a Doughboys tie in in my spiel. Wait for it. But that home again record is insane. It's classic. And you know what's great when you listen to Doughboys is listen to some uh, chemical people on the flip side, man.
1: Okay, well, I'm doing a back-to-back Ryan Power Jam here, because these are two of your all-time favorite bands. I also listen to Dag Nasty, Wego oh. to Denkos. Oh, man. And there's a podcast shout-out tie-in here. I might have talked about this before, but it's the One Life, One Chance podcast with Toby Morse, who's the vocalist for H2O. Yeah. He has a two-parter with Doug Carrion, which is awesome. Yeah, Doug's and, making the rounds for sure, hey? Yep. Yeah. And another two parter with Peter Kortner, who you never hear from. Yeah. He's also had on Dave Smalley. Milo was just on. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Kevin Seconds was on. HR was on. But yeah, you should check out that. The for sure the Doug Carrion one. Yeah, the as We Go a, to, to Dinko's record. We go to Dinkos
0: is so awesome. Like talk talk about one of those bands that have had different singers and each version with a different singer is insane Dagnasty's right up there and I love the Pete Cortner
1: records love them yeah okay had to end it with one of my faves Ryan DOA murder total underrated classic it's got so many great songs also on Restless Records yeah I I think just gonna say I think it's (laughs) been reissued on Sudden Death but like no bonus tracks or anything. Uh, but it's so many good songs. We Know What You Want, No Productivity, Suicidal, Agony in the Ecstasy, Africana Security, Boomtown. It's my favorite era of the band with Wimpy in the you know on bass. Love it. Yeah, that's a good one. What was the other one on Restless? Was Talk Minus
0: Action, the live one on Restless back then? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, yeah. and they put out that record. Well, no, sorry. They didn't put it out again. They put out...
1: A studio album. A, a studio album title.
0: with the same name in the last few years, right? Yeah, it's kind of their slogan, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, I know that. I know. I know. Yeah. Wow, man. Yep. That's well, I it. I got a few. I got a few to check out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's on? What's a, What are your spiel's, Ryan? You have no. You just have phone spiel's. Is that it this week?
0: Pardon me. You just have phone spiel's. Is that it this week? Yeah.
1: Get this <laughs> shit off my phone.
0: <laughs> Okay. All right. Hey. Well, I had a Hanoi Rocks update, but uh, I couldn't help. I couldn't help myself earlier. <laughs> um, but hey, you mentioned actually a couple of bands that I've recommended to you in the past that you checked out on your phones. I I've got a uh, a recommend for you. I was listening to them today, and I forgot how much I like them, and I realized that they've got a new album, and I got to check them out. Zetas Brandt. X E. T A S Zetas. Um, they've got a couple of records uh, from wait, well, from a while back, anyways. They're on One Two XU Records. This is a punk band from Austin, Texas, but they're more than they're not like. If you just call them a punk band, that's that's kind of underselling them. They've got some really cool, um, really really cool songs. And some of it, this is the reason I'm recommending it to you, is because some of it really reminded me of like an amped up, you know, more punk, I suppose, but Sonic Youth sounding uh, noisy guitar in this band. And they've got a new album out that I'm going to check out soon called The Cypher. But you should check out uh, the first two Zetas albums, The Tower and The Redeemer. And uh, let me know. Hey, Ryan,
1: do you know how many letters there are in the alphabet off the top of your head? 26? Why? Are you that many letters away from X? So, what? 20, Is that what you're getting two, 22? 22 episodes from now? How...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Skip ahead. Skip ahead and check out Zetas. Okay, here's my other um, quick spiel. And uh, it has the Doughboys tie-in in it. Um, I got this new book in the mail, and it's cool. It's a, a photograph book called Cheap Shots. And Henry's on the cover. It's Photographs by Chris Barrows, and Chris Barrows was in a few bands, but probably most notably a band called The Pink Lincolns. Um, This is, it's called A Photographic Look at Underground Bands from the 1980s and Beyond. And I love books like this because I love seeing, like, the band T-shirts that other bands were wearing back then, what kind of gear they were playing um, I just opened the page and you, 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 it's, it's, uh, uncanny. I just flipped to a picture of Dag Nasty with, uh, Pete Courtner, Doug Carrion, 1986. But there are some, there's a couple of cool, um, Doughboys pictures in here too, for sure. Chris mentions how, uh, the Doughboys could
1: jump really high on stage and they definitely did, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Is this and, the book that you sent me a picture of over the weekend of Gibby Haynes wearing a, a painted, painted willie shirt? shirt.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. so there's a picture of Gibby in here wearing a
0: painted willie shirt and there are tons of SST bands or tie-ins um, in the photos in this and so, some of them are a little raw but it's okay some of them are pretty posed also okay Uh, but a lot of bands that you wouldn't really, um, well, I, I don't know. I guess I don't see them as much in, in these kind of band picture books. There's some great old meat puppets, DOA brand are in here. Lots of, um, saccharine trust picks, Hmm. really young Jack Brewer and, and really young Joe Biza, um, saccharine trust with like earl liberty era saccharine trust pictures and stuff so cheap shots by chris barrows check it out it's a cool book right on that's it i feel i feel like i should be listing off a shitload of bands but you already did that (laughs) and i love it (laughs) because now i've got a to-do list for the week right on and by the way there's a a solid handful of bands you recommended last week that i'm still digging into so
1: it's all good but you got to get into zetus brand i'll check i'll check them out skip ahead to x bro i always check out your recommends sometimes it just takes me a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes it does like what was the
0: one on this episode disasterati yeah dude man i recommended that to you like two years ago (laughs) oh well better late than never yeah it is sounds
1: like an album title um you want to get into this trees record Ryan, I always check out your recommends, even if and especially when. History lesson, <laughs> part one.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That was a mix between brutal and awesome. <laughs> All right. So where do we go with this? Because um, we we did definitely cover um, the history of the trees and the band members and their side projects on... Uh, SST 105, The Other Worlds episode. We had Gary Lee Connor on that episode, too, who really covered the era of the trees
1: leading up to this record with SST, right? Yeah. Well, I have a few things. So I did pull a few things out of Lanigan's book. Like I said, he doesn't go any into too many specifics about the recording of any of these albums other than Sweet Oblivion. He talks about a fair amount. He says in the book... Six months after the first practice, they went into Creative Fire in Ellensburg and made their demo, Other Worlds, with Steve Fisk Producing, which was released on local label Velvetone in 1986 and reissued on SST in 1988 after this album, even though that one is catalog number 105. He calls it in his book a blatant 60s garage band ripoff, which is kind of the kinds of criticisms he has of Of the early screaming trees throughout the book yeah my my comment in
0: my head when i kept on reading that is he kept on talking about how gary lee was writing 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 like gary lee would just write he would write so many songs he was so prolific right but then but then mark would keep saying how he felt that the music was derivative and i'm like well dude write your own songs for the band then, you know? Like, Gary Lee's cranking them out. You don't like the lyrics? Write your own lyrics, you know? It just seemed a little repetitive. And plus, whatever, man, I love these Screaming Trees songs, and I think
1: Gary Lee's a great songwriter, so there. For sure. Okay, so in between that demo slash EP and this album, there's another album, Clairvoyance. So he says in the book, Van and Gary Lee's dad put up a thousand bucks to record their full-length debut, Clairvoyance, also in 1986. So this is like they're still a new band when they're recording their first full-length album. There's this was this was an interesting part of the book that I don't think Gary Lee talked about there, in our interview with him. Their second gig ever as a band was opening for the wipers. Greg Sage yeah. took an interest in the trees. And there was talk of him producing their next record for Enigma Records offshoot, Pink Dust. Now, Pink Dust seemed to mostly be garage bands like Fuzz Tones, Plastic Land, Rocky Erickson, The Prisoners, some early Flaming Lips. Lanigan gets the call from Greg, Greg Ginn while working at the Connor Family Video Store. Mark Pickerel had passed the the EP off to Greg at a flag show in Seattle. And Steve Fisk, meanwhile, had hooked the trees up with his old friend, Ray Farrell, and they stayed at his place on their first tour while in LA. And Ray Farrell, of course, was the radio promo guy for SST. Uh, And he came to see them play at that show and just totally fell in love with the band. So Mark says in the book, Greg's offer was for only one record at a time, but no one had ever been dropped by SST. So we were free to make records with them as long as we wanted or leave to go to another label. So the interesting story in the book is Mark Lanigan calls off the pink dust Enigma deal. Uh, He says Greg Sage went bananas. Then he says, SST immediately put us in the studio and then put us on the road. We played a show opening for the SST band Firehose, one of the first things we did as part of the label. Watt took an instant liking to us and our first two full-length tours for SST ended up being opening slots for Firehose. I think those would be the Little Big Tour in 1988, Ryan, and also the Side Mousen Tour hmm.
0: 1988.
1: Okay, then I got some stuff from Gary Lee. I asked him about a uh, The recording session for this he said in Ellensburg We would go into the studio whenever we felt like it and they had time open because of this all the albums between Claire clairvoyance and Invisible Lantern were recorded over a period of several months each new songs would get written and then we would go in to record them During clairvoyance we were getting into writing stuff together a lot By the time we started this album, that had mostly stopped, and I was writing stuff, and giving tapes to Mark Lanigan. I would be writing songs all the time, so we might think we were done, but another one would come along. At the end of 1986, when we were working on the album, I dropped Acid for the first and last time. That changed my writing even more into the psychedelic direction. When we thought we were nearly done, along came stuff like Transfiguration, Other Days, Different Planets, and Don't Look Down. At the same time, in early 1987, we got signed to SST, so the timing was good. So I asked him if this was made specifically for SST, like if they knew while they were recording it that it was going to come out on SST. Right. He said, it started as the second album for Velvetone in the fall of 86. In the meantime, we did a short West Coast tour, met up with people from SST in LA and got signed in early 87. I was writing a lot of new songs at that time, so we went back in and did a bunch more, maybe half the album. So think about that for a minute. They made, in 1986, Other Worlds, their demo, Clairvoyance, and half of this record. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I asked him about the influences on this record because it's got such a heavy 60s vibe to it. He said... At the time, 13th Floor Elevators, The Seeds, Love, 60's Psych, Beatles, Cream, Hendrix, Pebbles, and the Rubble Collections were huge for them. Really big influences on the first few albums. Our first full US tour was for this album in the fall of 87. In the Northeast we played a couple of shows with Dinosaur before they were junior. We played at a lot of the places that SST bands did because we had the same booking agent global with jordan schwartz and later steve call i pulled
0: a bit of a review out of the trouser press on this album which i think really makes sense when you listen to those those three records in a row and although um you know although they were all done in one year this is kind of their you know their you could it's not like their major label record but it's the one where they get on a national label for the first time, and and uh, Trouser Press says, uh, even if and especially when's Transfiguration, the song is the proverbial quantum leap, where the band discovered its voice, dropping the baby fat without compromising the trademark garagey roar. The band hit on a sound it would eventually refine on each successive release even if sounds like an album made by guys who had just turned 20, which they actually had. And that's, that's the thing that sticks out is like, they, did, they came
1: up to this record so quick and so young too. Yeah. You know what? That, I found that review too. Here, and it, but it got me thinking. I could hardly find any other info or reviews or blog posts about this record yeah to me, screaming trees are a a big band on s s t oh, for sure, you know, you'd think there would be tons of stuff about this record. there really isn't, yeah,
0: they almost seemed like a band that should have gotten a chapter in Michael Azarad's book too for some reason to me, you know,
1: yeah, for sure, yeah, well, I mean, they were a major influence, I would say on mud honey for sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. Dinosaur Jr.? Or I guess they kind of came up together, maybe. The trees and dinosaur.
0: Yeah, same era. They talk about playing with each other, too. and Well, in Lannigan's book,
1: anyways. Yeah. You want to go through the tracks? Sure, man. History lesson, part two. Okay, track one, side one, Transfiguration. What do you think that is at the beginning? It sounds like a shotgun blast, like echoing. Through a canyon and slowed down or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is. Some sort of weird, echoey, distorted thing. Don't know. But I mean, yeah. if it's the it's like the perfect
1: intro to this psych garage tune, right? Yeah. Totally works. So, in Andrew Earl's book, which we've referenced many times, uh, the five hundred essential American underground rock albums, give me indie rock. He put in, the only Trees thing he put in there was the Anthology. On SST, right? Uh, it's, yeah, maybe there might be some major label stuff, I'm not sure. I think he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says in there, though, start with track five, Transfiguration, the best song in The Screaming Trees' entire discography. Hmm. It's good. I don't know if it's the best one, yeah. but it is it is a great opening
0: track the production is killer on this record though too. It like is. you hear it yeah. right you hear it right off the bat. You can hear everything. You can hear the doubled guitar tracks. The the backing vocals are at, at like a great level. Um and I love the uh the higher register screamed mm-hmm. backup vocals throughout the record.
1: They're awesome. The haunting yeah. kind of too, you know? Yeah, I noticed that too. I love when it goes back into the opening riff on this song and then it go drops down to the kick drum before the solo. And then I wrote, like, during the solo, you can really hear the room on the recording. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some natural verb going on. Yeah. Gary Lee singled this track out for me as well. It's his favorite off the record. And he pointed out to me, and I, I actually have this box set, and I'm sure you do too, this song is on the Children of Nuggets comp on Rhino. Which he said was quite an honor, having been Been on there since he was heavily influenced by the original Nuggets.
0: I don't have the Children of Nuggets. I just have the Nuggets. I've never even heard of that. I didn't know such a thing existed. Is it like 90s bands who
1: were influenced by them type thing? And 80s bands. Yeah, like the Chesterfield Kings and stuff. Oh, okay. One of those. I've probably seen it. I don't have it though. It's really good. Okay, track two. Straight Out to Any Place. Total rocker. Lanigan's vocal performance is a standout on this one. This yep. I really like this song. Agreed. I I have great second track. Upper register Lanigan is awesome, for sure. Yeah. yeah. World painted. Track three, cool song. Love the keys on this one. Here's what I I asked Gary Lee Connor about the keyboards. He says in the '80s you could get tons of '60s gear for almost nothing, and just before. Before we started the band, I got an old Vox Continental organ and played it on a lot of my demos. A lot of the keyboards on the albums were played by Steve Fisk, who was a very accomplished keyboardist. Yeah. I think on Even If, it's mostly my playing. I had to punch in about a million times on each song to get the whole take and never could play well two-handed. The organ on the albums was a really beautiful late 60s Yamaha electric organ that belonged to Steve Fisk. One time I was even nominated for Keyboardist of the Year for some kind of Northwest Music Awards. I felt bad because Steve played on so much of the stuff, but luckily I didn't win. Okay, track four, Don't Look Down. Sounds like a Donovan song, is what I wrote. Hmm. Cool track cool track, and a great solo. Interesting. I wonder if I like Donovan because I
0: was writing down... Uh, I thought the, gr- the lyrics are great as well as the melody and the phrasing, like you can tell Gary Lee wrote the song, the lyrics like fully formed almost because everything really hangs together almost in the same way as uh, the drums and and the guitar on you're living all over me. You know, when you have that one person in the band who's writing almost everything, everything is tied really tightly together. This
1: one for me really stood out that way. Um, The vocal, vocal arrangement okay yeah this one's on the anthology too as is transfiguration okay track five girl behind the mask straight 60s vibe here Lanigan sounds great in his upper register hadn't maybe quite found his his baritone sound yet not yet ending the ending solo was really cool yeah the delay on the vocals
0: is is what makes it really cool for sure it definitely sounds like a throwback
1: but it works yeah track six was a standout for me flying starts with some Hendrix style feedback some backwards guitar love the psychedelic noise train wreck ending in this song it's a good one mm-hmm. yeah there's lots of good songs on this record let's flip yeah. it over too. case <laughs> okay, so first song on side two: cold rain also on the anthology This is the one that has Rod Doak on backing vocals. I asked Gary Lee who Rod Doak is. So Rod and Dana had a big PA and ran sound for bands around town before getting hooked up with the Screaming Trees. Rod would be in the studio with us and assist Steve Fisk sometimes. He was also our tour manager and main driver on all the SST tours. We used Dana's Grey Van a lot on tours. Rod later became a tour manager for other bands like Dinosaur Jr., Okay, track two on side two, Other Days and Different Planets, which is also on the SST anthology. How much of an influence do you think Mark Lanigan had on Seattle vocalists? It, listening to the vocals on this album really got me thinking about that. He probably had a pretty big influence, actually. Um, when you think about
0: the way he's singing on these early Trees records, that's a good point. Um, because we mentioned it on the last episode, too, how he's not really singing the way he does now. Yeah. And back then, with this upper register kind of wailing, phrasing, I mean, I could see him influencing uh, Chris Cornell, for example, maybe
1: even. Yeah. Lane Staley. Yeah, for sure, Lane. Yeah. I like the the sitar sound on the guitar. And like the, when he goes down to the toms in the solo section, it's a pretty cool 60s touch on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, track three, The Pathway. This was another one I liked a lot. Some serious wah action on this one. A cool driving <laughs> rocker. And Van has some bass chops, man. Yeah, no, there's some great
0: Van bass lines on the whole record. And that, you know, you can hear it. I said that in the opening track. It's, it's a well-produced record, a well-mixed record record because you can hear everything and you can hear the bass you can hear the runs and it's not overpowering it's good and i had the same comment too you got some some serious wawa action going on on this one
1: i tried to get van on for the show uh but he's going to be on the Watt from pedro show coming up so i guess we'll have to settle for that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, track 4, you I know can't, where I I don't
0: understand I don't understand why someone would want to be on Mike Wath's show instead of ours. <laughs> I know. That's so what a what a diss.
1: <laughs> I know. Okay, you know where it's at. Uh this they get compared to the Doors a lot. The stuff that has organ for sure kind of can remind you of this Rayman's one. Eric for sure. This, this one has oh, yeah. that Lanigan Baritone poet vibe to it. I think that's that's part of it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Track five, side two, back together. It's also on the anthology. Kind of a weird song. It's one of those tracks that has a weird kind of off kilter thing that goes into a melodic bit and they kind of offset each other.
0: Yeah. Great backing vocal track on this one, too. Like, very, very tasteful stuff on the record with the organ, the backing vocals, like, Just think about what this record was when it was recorded in the in the late 80s and these dudes were just kind of making this stuff up and gary this was like gary lee's vision for the sound of the band yeah i I love i love this with the i mean i don't know it's funny right because Lanigan, in his book he just shits so hard on uh the rest of the band i wish i could i wish i knew um, cause he doesn't, he doesn't take credit for anything on these records. He just shits on them. But I mean, like, you know, who had the
1: idea for the way in which they layered the vocals? I'd love to know that. Yeah. You know, the thing I think about is the garage rock scene that was to come. Like they don't really get mentioned in, no. in that context, probably cause they were on SST or whatever. They're,
0: I think More it's because
1: lup- they got lot they got lumped in with grunge eventually. They were yeah. totally out of the psych scene by the time people started to know about the trees. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, they were an early garage like 60s garage band throwback almost. Yeah. Like this oh, yeah. P- this, you know, predates a lot of the bigger bands from that scene, for sure. Okay, track oh, yeah. 6, In the Forest, also on the SST anthology. It starts out with some some coughing. And then uh, somebody going seriously, folks. I just rolled into town, boys. It's four minutes long. It's the longest track. It's for sure has to be the last song on the album. It's got the last song vibe. It's a bit, there's a bit of goofing around in it. Take this, Ryan. I felt I felt kind of proud of myself here. I asked Gary Lee. I said, this track borrows a riff from the Starfire song. I never loved her, which I know because the cynics cover it i said was was that intentional uh or unintentional and he he responded someone finally noticed yes i've been waiting for someone to get that since i wrote it i really liked the riff and the song was good but i thought it could use some psychedelic a psychedelic treatment so whoa man whoa nice one yeah you must be feeling pretty (laughs) suave. i'm impressed it's a good record though man I like it let's talk about the artwork yeah it is uh it totally fits the record too it's got this
0: scene of the four of them in front of it looks like a uh,
1: like a big concrete spillway you're you're pretty right pretty accurate here's what I got from Gary Lee the place was an old water power station on the edge of town in Ellensburg ah,
0: with a waterfall
1: flowing through it our original idea was for a picture of our little sister, Ava, inside that place in the winter when it had ice all around it. The pics didn't turn out that great, so we went back with the whole band and did a bunch of pictures out there. I thought Steve Fisk or our friend Matt Varnum took the cover photo, but it says Jeff Price, and I don't remember who, he, do, he doesn't remember who Jeff Price is. Uh, but if, you, okay. if Discogs is right, and you click on Jeff Price's name, he's took pictures for a bunch of albums violent femmes green on red rank and file tom waits so but there could mm. be a different jeff price for sure yeah yeah might be the same guy though
0: might be i think that's gary lee in the front and van in the back getting his hand wet. i think i think and then i think that's uh Pickerel in the middle and lanigan on the right there Pickerel and Lanigan are both wearing some chucks. And uh, they've all got sweaters and jean jackets and scraggly hair. It's definitely like the grunge look to come, for sure. Who do you think has their hand up? Is, it, is that Gary Lee? I think it no, is, that's isn't Van, it? No,
1: that's Van, for sure.
0: Is it Van? Okay, I got them mixed yeah.
1: around then. Yeah. The, boots, okay. the boots are a dead giveaway for Gary Lee. Okay. Who's on the back, flip, though? Is that well, Manigan? flip
0: it over. Is that is that their sister
1: and yeah. the ice? Yeah, I think you're probably right. Hmm. Yeah. I
0: wouldn't have picked it out. I was thinking about it earlier this week, and I was like, is that the inside of a cave or something with bubbles? I don't know, but I yeah. think that's the uh, the ice and the sister. Yeah. Yeah, it says, produced by Steve Fisk and the Screaming Trees, um, recorded at Velvetone. So, sound and Lights, Rod and Dana Doke. front cover, Jeff Price, back cover, Gary Lee Connor, cover design, Diane
1: Zukavothy. Yeah, I'd say that's closer than I could have got. If, if cool A you... few cool names that we know on the thank you list, Ginn, Calvin Johnson, Ray yep. Farrell, Greg Sage, Gary and Kathy Connor, which are the parents... There's some dead wax too, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I've got it.
1: I'm just looking here.
0: Uh, da, 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 da.
1: Yep. You should I check that out for you or what? Dead mm-hmm. wax
0: time. Mm-hmm. All right. My copy actually comes with uh, an SST promo sheet in it too. And so this must be a later pressing because it has Soundgarden, Ultra Mega, OK, Dinosaur Jr., Bug descendants Somery. so this is a later pressing of the uh the sst record with that type of swag in there anyways on uh, side one it says static pants and cheshire cats and then side two it says Pea vines and railway lines and uh when i read those i couldn't help but think that gary lee probably wrote those lines too yeah probably They sound a lot like his lyrics. Ballot result? Let's do it. Ballot result. I like a ton of songs on this record. I I feel like you might be a little bit more passionate about likes and dislikes on it, though. I like it. I I mean, I think it's solid start to finish. There's not really a stinker on it, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, My standouts were Transfiguration, Straight Out to Any Place. The Pathway Flying, <laughs> and the only one of those that's on the anthology is Transfiguration.
0: Well, then we better pick one of the other ones.
1: Yeah, but you know what, man? Who knows? Because we've got some more trees to come, and we could be in a in another conundrum. Another pickle? Yeah. I think we should just go with Transfiguration this time. It's Gary Lee's fave. It's It seems to be everybody's fave.
0: There's lots to pick from on the anthology anyways, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying great opening track really sets off the record i'm in cool man ryan what's next week next week brent we're going fully into the negative land it's sst 133 the negative land album escape from
1: noise and we've got a special guest yeah mark hosler's going to be on the show nice Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at MojackPod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is MojackPod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content.